0: The Last Supper and the Holy Shroud, a holy week meditation by Father Daniel Couture. In this series of three meditations, Father demonstrates how the Holy Shroud links the Last Supper, the burial of our crucified Lord, and the resurrection in an amazing way. May they help you know better our Lord in His Passion and thereby deepen your love for Him. Part 1, Events Leading Up to Holy Thursday.
1: I'm Father Daniel Couture, and I'd like to do a meditation with you on the Last Supper and the Holy Shroud. Recent studies on the Holy Shroud have brought a link between the Holy Shroud and the Last Supper, which brings a whole new dimension on both the Last Supper and the Holy Mass, linking the Last Supper with Calvary, and even with Easter Sunday. This meditation will be in three parts. The first part is a a preparation, an introduction to Holy Thursday night. It's important to put ourselves in, in the mood, in the historical circumstances of Holy Thursday night. Our Lord spent 33 years to prepare himself for that night, so it's good for us to spend a few moments just to... What happened in the previous few days. Then we will look at the, the first part will be historical preparation, the first few days. The second part, we will go into the Last Supper and look at what happened at the, the washing, with the washing of feet and the announcement of the betrayal. Jesus announcing the betrayal of Judah in a very, very gentle way. And then the third part is the institution of the Holy Eucharist. So let's begin the first part. And I encourage you at the end of each part to take a few minutes, 10, 15, 20 minutes or more and go over what we have seen. Try to even be present. Try to be there as if you were hiding in a corner of the the room watching our Lord, watching the Apostle, listening to what they say, observing what they do. That's how we meditate. Persons, words, words actions on a mystery and it's a technique that can also help you to meditate other mysteries of the life of christ so let's begin with the first part the first part of the holy week because in order to understand the beginning of holy thursday we need to go back a little bit about two weeks before holy thursday jesus rose lazarus from the dead That was quite an event. The whole of Jerusalem had heard that Lazarus had died. Jesus, the wonder worker, had not been able, quote unquote, to save him from dying. So he was not that powerful at the end, after all. But God always draws good out of evil. Jesus waited for Lazarus to die to make a greater miracle, which people did not expect. Jesus comes. He raises Lazarus from the dead. The whole of Jerusalem is done. We're talking about, could be around a million people. The early church historian, even Josephus, in his history of the Jewish people, he says that there could be in Jerusalem over a million people around Easter, the Jewish Passover, because they could slaughter up to 100,000 paschal lambs. So, the whole of Jerusalem heard about the resurrection of Lazarus. Then there's Palm Sunday. The reason why Palm Sunday was such a triumph was precisely the resurrection of Lazarus a few days before. Tremendous triumph, perhaps the the greatest popular triumph and our Lord accepted the honors. Other times when he was on the lake of uh, Galilee, he fled in the mountain when people wanted to, to glorify Him. But here, He accepts. And right there in Jerusalem, in the Holy City, next to the temple, He accepts the honors and to be acclaimed, Son of David, Hosanna to the Son of David. But as a result, the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrites, the members of the Sanhedrin, got so angry that they threatened excommunication to anyone who would receive Jesus in their house. And in order to not embarrass anybody our lord with his 12 apostles walk back to bethany which is three kilometers away to the house of his friend lazarus and his two sisters martha and mary mary magdalene monday morning jesus walks back to jerusalem you'll spend all day preaching monday night goes back to bethany tuesday same thing goes up to jerusalem preaches all day, the parables, you find out in St. Matthew chapter 21 to 25, a lot of these parables of the end of the the last judgment, the wise virgins and the foolish virgins, which we read often at Mass, these were given a few days before Good Friday. Tuesday night, he goes back to Bethany. Wednesday, we're not sure if Arthur went to Jerusalem. It's one of the days he may have stayed at, at Bethany. And now we're Thursday, holy Thursday morning. Jesus is not moving. Probably talking with uh, with Lazarus, and all of a sudden he calls Peter and John. Peter, John. And so Peter and John comes to our Lord. You can visualize the other ten looking at the doors. What's what's going on? It was a common practice of our Lord to send his apostles in teams of two to do certain missions. He sent them to preach, we see in the gospel. Peter, John, come here. I want you to go to the city and when you will arrive at the city, you will see a man carrying a jug of water. Follow him. Follow him and in whatever house he enters, just say, we'd like to speak to the, the landlord, the man in charge of this house. And then he will and tell them that you're coming on my behalf and prepare everything for the Last Supper. Tonight we'll have the Last Supper there. Why did our Lord use all this description to identify the house of the Last Supper, which is the Cynical? Why did he not just give the address? Go to Main Street, door 400. The reason was Judas was listening. Judas wanted to know where Jesus would be that night. You have to understand, our Lord is putting in practice his teaching. He said, do good to those who persecute you. Love your enemies. And our Lord is going to prepare all the circumstances of the Last Supper. And at the same time, keep Judas away just gain a few more hours and then it will be the hour of darkness and then hell will break loose that's what jesus wanted so judas did not know where jesus was going to be that thursday night so peter and john go to jerusalem and they just meet this man carrying a jug of water there's a famous french priest called father emmanuel he died in the 1920s. He was 40 years a parish priest in a small village in France, a bit like the Curie of Ars. And he has some beautiful interpretation on all the details of, especially Holy Thursday and um, Easter. We'll speak about it later on. But he has a, an explanation right here. Why did Jesus tell Peter and John, well, you'll see a man carrying a jug of water. Follow him and you'll go to the Senacle. What does it mean? There's a meaning in everything. St. Gregory the Great says, pay attention to detail, to absolutely everything. Dig in every aspect of this divine word. The reason is, the water in scripture is the matter of baptism. And so, Our Lord often refers to water. He's baptized by John the Baptist, but then there's this Samaritan woman, there's Nicodemus, Samaritan woman, and, and the water of life. So our Lord often referred to water. It's one of his themes. Because water is going to be the instrument by which he will come first into our souls. It's going to be the door to human heart through baptism. And baptism leads to the Holy Eucharist. So the man who was carrying the jug of water walked in Jerusalem and ended up in a cynical. And the cynical is the place where our Lord is going to institute the sacrament of sacraments, the most holy sacrament, the center of all sacrament, the sacraments, the greatest, the summary of all his marvels, the holy Eucharist. So that's the reason of this man carrying a jug of water. People go to the priest to be baptized and then they have one desire, especially if they're adults, to make their communion to go to communion because you cannot receive communion unless you're baptized. So Peter and John execute the orders, they go to Jerusalem, they meet this man, they follow him, they arrive in the Cenacle and they prepare the room for the last supper, the upper room. Later on in the evening our Lord comes with the other 10. He's met at the gates by Peter and John and they this time they bring our Lord to the house, the famous cenacle, which will play an important role from now on, because it's going to be the place where our Lord is going to institute the blessed sacrament. It's going to be the place where our Lord is going to establish also the resurrection. He's going to appear there. He is going to give them the power to hear confession. There's going to be also Pentecost, which will take place, in the Seneca, a lot of great mysteries took place in that little room. It became the headquarters of the apostles. So, our Lord arrives, and what has been prepared? There's two main parts in the events of Holy Thursday Night. It is possible that with the passing of centuries, that the ritual of, as described by Moses, way back in Egypt, we're talking about 1,500 years before Christ, when the the 10 plagues, when Moses crossed the Red Sea with the 2 million people, that's a long time ago, 15 centuries. So it's possible that the, the details of the ritual may have been blurred a little bit, but that's a question for specialists. The purpose now is a meditation. So the first part was the eating of the paschal lamb. After that is going to be the big meal, a bit like we have a Christmas dinner or a Thanksgiving dinner. But the first part is the ritual part. So you have on the table this paschal lamb, a lamb of one year. This lamb has been living with a family for a few months it was part of the family a perfectly white little lamb very cute beautiful lamb he was part of the family and when the day came the 14 of nisan according to the jewish calendar the family had to slaughter the lamb and eat it eat it according to a very precise ritual the lamb by the way had to be cooked but before even there's many details The lamb, they had to open up even. And the chest, the chest of the lamb. And they had to tie the two legs. So he was cooked open. like You you would open it up, like foretelling and announcing our Lord, the lamb on the cross. And he had to be roasted with uh, bitter herbs. You had to eat it standing with your sandals with a walking stick with a rucksack as if you're going to go on a hike as if you're just about to leave the house so everything was set there was bitter herbs and all this and the tradition was that the youngest present could be a child it could be the youngest adult present would ask the father or the landlord or the most noble man in present why do we eat like this Why don't we eat the normal way? That was the ritual. That's the beginning of the ceremony. And the most noble person present would then recall the story of Moses, the tenth plague of Egypt, where God told Moses, well, you're going to take a lamb, you're going to slaughter the lamb, put of his blood on the doorposts and in the shape of a T, a Tau." the letter T in Hebrew, and the angel of death would come and where he will see this blood on the door, he would save the firstborn. And this was an image of our Lord himself being the firstborn, but also that the Jewish people was the firstborn of God, the first nation God adopted. There would be others, but the Jewish the the people of Israel were the first ones. So, imagine our Lord telling the story of Moses. Our Lord was the new Moses. When you read the book of Deuteronomy 18, 18, Moses announces that God will send another man, another prophet like myself. You better listen to him. And our Lord made reference to that when he said, Moses spoke about me. Moses announced me. So, imagine our Lord telling the apostles the story of Moses taking a lamb and taking the blood of the lamb, putting the blood on the doorpost. It's interesting when you look at the epistle, St. Paul, St. Peter, St. John, the apocalypse, the presence, the insistence on the blood of the lamb. You have not been redeemed by gold or silver, St. Peter will say, but by the blood of the Immaculate Lamb of God. The blood and the saints in heaven. St. John saw all the saints in heaven all in white robes because they had been washed in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. It must have been something quite special to hear our our Lord facing a dead lamb, a lamb that had been sacrificed, and our Lord telling the story Now, Father Emmanuel, that I have just mentioned a moment ago, explains the meaning of the manner of eating the Paschal lamb. He says, you have to eat the lamb whole, the head, the inside, the entrails and the feet. You have to eat everything. You cannot leave anything behind. And if there's not enough in the family, call the neighbors. A few days before, you say, well, we're only five. We need about 10, 15 people to eat the lamb, so we need to group a few families to eat the lamb. So the meaning of eating the head, the entrails, and the feet, everything means when we believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, we have to accept him completely. We cannot just take part of it. Oh, I just want to eat... Part of the lamb, but not the whole thing. Of course, together we eat the whole thing, but the symbolism is that we must take the whole. The head represents the divinity. The body represents the humanity. The inside represents his love. Those who pick and choose what they want of the lamb, they're like, they're heretics. The word heretic comes from the Greek, means to choose. Those who choose the truth that suits them. Not the truth that God says, believe me. A heretic is someone who, I would say, puts himself first, makes a choice between the truth God has revealed. And the Bible says, no, you have to eat the lamb completely. You must accept the divinity of our Lord. You must accept his humanity. You must accept his heart, his love. Christ loved me and delivered himself for me, says St. Paul. So, that's the lamb. It has to be eaten standing because we are travelers. We do not have here a lasting abode. We are on earth for a few days, a few years, and then we're gone. Any moment. We have to be ready to go. Any moment. We have to eat the lamb with the bitter herbs. In order to eat the lamb, we have to understand why the lamb is being sacrificed. That is for our sins. So we have to do our part as well. The bitter herbs, not just any herbs, but they're bitter It's the bitterness of mortification, of sacrifices, of self-denial. I'm very thirsty. I'm going to give up a drink. Or I don't want to smile at my wife. Well, I'm going to smile nevertheless. There's an effort in the sacrifices. Well, that's part of eating the lamb. We have to do our part whenever we want to uh, unite with our Lord Jesus Christ. The bitter herbs, so sacrifices. And... We have to eat the lamb holding the walking stick. That's just beautiful. Holding the walking stick. A walking stick is made of wood. It's a branch. A little tree that was cut or a branch that somebody adjusted for a walking stick. And you have to eat the lamb while you're holding the walking stick. What does that mean? That means that we have, a little bit like the bitter herbs, we have to unite... We have to be united to the cross when we eat the lamb. You've seen at Mass, the priest puts wine in a chalice. He does not bless the wine. He blesses the water. Then he puts a drop of the water with the wine. Why does he not bless the wine? The wine represents our Lord. He made, he offered the sacrifice he's the the redeemer he's the savior he's the victim we are adding a little drop we're like piggybacking on the savior we're tied to we're, we're united to him and so that little drop we bless it because we're not holy we need to unite to the one who is the thrice holy and so that little drop of water which the priest does which is which goes back to the last supper that little drop of water is very very important for the church and for God that little drop of water over that walking stick means this when you go to mass next time and you see the priest blessing the water and putting the water in the chalice ask yourself what sacrifices what sacrifices have i made since my last mass If I went to Mass yesterday, in the last 24 hours, have I made any sacrifice? If it was last Sunday, in the last week, have I made any sacrifice? What will I add to the sacrifice of our Lord? St. Paul says, I complete in my flesh what is lacking to the passion of Christ for his church. So, he paid everything, but what is lacking is my personal input You can go to a pharmacy, they have the medicine for every disease. Yeah, everybody can be cured if you take the pills. What's lacking? Well, it's lacking that you take the pill and get cured or take the ointment. And so what is lacking to the sacrifice of Christ is my understanding of why Christ died and my making my own sacrifices with his sacrifice. That's what he wants. That's why we go to Mass to learn the spirit of the cross, the spirit of sacrifice, the spirit of the Lamb, the spirit, why the Lamb shed his blood. John the Baptist, you recall, it's the beginning of the public life. He said, behold the Lamb of God. So, and John and Andrew who were there as they were eating the Last Supper, recall this, remember this. Yeah, John the Baptist said, Jesus is the Lamb. And so, that is the meaning of eating the Passover applied to how we ought to assist at Mass. How we ought to communicate to the sacrifice of the Lamb. So, go and spend a few moments thinking of the disposition you bring when you go to church, when you attend Mass, You must not just be a passive watcher, a tourist, but you must bring your part. Often in the Bible, God said, give me the premises, give me the first fruits of your harvest. Bring your part. Meditate about that. And next time you go to Mass, bring with you, bring in your heart, bring in your mind, bring some sacrifices. And when a priest blesses the water, Then say, my Jesus, here, this is what I bring to your sacrifice. This is my, my part since yesterday, since last week, since my last Mass. Go and meditate on this.
0: This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. For more resources regarding the Catholic faith and the message of Fatima, and to support this vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, www.fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-363-8160. So many souls need to hear these spiritual truths. In Christian charity, please share them with others, and may God reward you. Eternal Father, I offer Thee the holy face of Jesus, covered with blood, sweat, dust, and spittle, in reparation for our sins and the sins of the whole world.